You're listening to Stand Out Get Noticed, episode 277. Hi there, Rockstar, and welcome to Stand Out, Get Noticed. I'm your host, Christina Cantors. I help professionals and business leaders to build powerful communication skills. You can learn more about our training programs at thecmethod.com. Now, heads up before we dive in, it is a crazy windy day in Melbourne today. We've just entered spring and I'm very excited that winter is over Lockdown is not over, but winter is over. So that is something to celebrate. So now we're into spring and today it is crazy windy. So if you hear some weird like rustling or banging, that's coming from outside. And let's hope that a tree doesn't come down (laughs) during the recording of this podcast. All right, let's get into it. Today we're exploring how to be more persuasive when you speak. And I was inspired to do this episode as I was a guest speaker at a recent Toastmasters Club officer training event. And I was, um, for those of you who don't know Toastmasters, it's an organization, a global organization where people come together in clubs and they learn to develop their, well, they practice their public speaking and leadership skills. And I've been part of, I've been part of Toastmasters for about five years now. And I was asked to speak at a recent event where all the different leaders from the clubs were coming together to learn how to best be effective leaders for their clubs. So a big shout out to everyone. If you are listening to this, a shout out to you, if you were at that session and you attended that training that I was running, it was super fun. And the topic I was asked to speak on was around how to be more persuasive and influential. So how can As leaders, we um, have more influence over the people, not influence over the other leaders in the clubs, but also influence over the members. And so therefore making it the best possible club experience for everyone. And I shared four big ideas in that session, and I'm going to share them with you today. And I'll also let you know the, we'll share with you the different podcast episodes that go deeper into each of these topics. That is if you want to further your learning. Oh, and also if Toastmasters is something you have been wanting to try or if, you know, you want a a safe environment in which to build your communication and speaking skills, then you're welcome to visit my Toastmasters club. I've actually linked an Eventbrite. We've got an Eventbrite page. It's free to come along as a visitor. I've created an Eventbrite page, which I'll link to in the description of this podcast. Or if you go to thecmethod.com slash Toastmasters, it'll link directly to that Eventbrite page. So that's thecmethod.com slash Toastmasters. That'll take you right there. It'd be awesome to see you if you were to come and visit our club. Oh, I can hear all that rustling outside. <laughs> all our, plant, our, our pot plants are going nuts out there. Okay, let's get into it. So firstly, why? Let's talk about why you might want to be more persuasive. The biggest thing, and I have a lot of people coming to me for, for help with this, or you know, a lot of my clients want help with this, is that it helps you to effectively sell your ideas. So you might have a great idea, but if you're not persuasive in how you communicate it, other people aren't going to be convinced that it's a great idea. I want you to think about how often have you seen someone at work 
or maybe in the media, maybe in politics, who had a terrible idea, but they were very persuasive in the way they communicated it. And then it makes other people go, oh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Let's do that. So this is why being persuasive is so important. If you are unable to be persuasive in the way you communicate, your ideas will struggle to get traction. Also, if you're selling a product or a service, you must be persuasive in your communication. Otherwise, people won't buy from you. Think about it when we need to persuade people all the time to convince them that, hey, you know, this is a good product. We offer a great service. You should buy from us. Getting people to part with their money, that is the ultimate in persuasion. Persuasion. Also, if you are more persuasive, you will be able to get the support of your team and your colleagues and your stakeholders. So when you're able to influence and persuade them, they will be more likely to support you and your ideas. And that this will lead them to advocating for you when you're not there, right? So you're building up this team of people who support you. And that is something awesome to have, especially in the workplace. All right, so when I talk about persuasiveness, what does that actually look like? Or rather, what is it not? I want to highlight here that it is not about manipulating people to do something against their will. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're part of the C-Method community, we use our communication powers for good, not evil. So we're not pushing, we're not being pushy or pushing people or being rude or being arrogant. I want you to understand that you can be a persuasive communicator and still be respectful and maintain trust and good relationships with your team and your customers or your stakeholders. These are not mutually exclusive, okay? So it is possible. So if you've got this fear of, oh, but I don't want to come across as pushy, I don't want to be arrogant, I don't want to be selfish, know that you can, know that you can be persuasive and still be a great person and maintain your relationships, okay? And then finally, I want you to, as you're developing these skills or practicing your persuasive communication skills, keep in mind that not all your persuasion attempts are going to be successful, all right? And that's just part of life and that's totally fine. You know, earlier this year, my husband Aaron and I were couch shopping because we moved into our new apartment and we wanted a new couch and everywhere we looked the couches were always gray beige white dark gray they were these very neutral colors and those seem to be the standard colors for couches and Aaron was saying to me no I want a colorful couch I want it to be magenta or red or teal or something crazy but finding a couch that color is quite difficult. And I tried to persuade Aaron that, look, let's just get a gray couch. We can put colorful throw rugs on it. We can put colorful cushions on it. Let's just get a gray couch. And I tried my hardest to persuade him into getting a neutral colored couch, but nothing I could say worked. He was set on getting a crazy colored couch. And in the end, we got a couch custom made and it is a magenta, like a dark magenta color. And it's made out of crushed velvet. It's amazing. And I'm actually very glad that I didn't persuade Aaron to go for a gray couch, 
But it just goes to show that you can try really, really hard. And if someone is set, completely set on their own idea, it's going to be very difficult to get them to change their mind. So some people are difficult, more difficult to persuade and then other people will be much easier. So just know that it's okay to not be successful in all of your persuasion attempts. Nonetheless, this is a skill that is well worth practicing. Okay, so now we've got a bit of a background, a bit of a um, some context around being persuasive. Let's get into how do you do it? And of course, there are many different ways you can be persuasive. These, these, this is four things that I'm sharing with you, but there's a lot more to it. But these are the ones I'm sharing with you today. The first is to be a great listener. Now, you might be thinking, um, Christina, I thought you talked about you were saying I'm going to be persuasive when I speak. Isn't this about me speaking? And yes, however, if you want to be more persuasive when you speak, one of the best ways to get people listening to you is to be a great listener for them. Stephen Covey, who famously wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he says, seek first to understand then to be understood. Because what happens is when you seek to understand the other person's perspective and where they're coming from and they feel heard and listened to, they're going to be more likely to be open-minded and listen to what you have to say instead of you just like telling them, telling them, telling them. You know, I, um, I, some of you might know that I run another company. It's called Podcast Services Australia. And we are building a team. We've got people all around the world who, who um, work with us to set up podcasts for organizations. And what I'm, I'm learning a lot about being a team leader and learning how to, you know, manage the team and make sure that everyone is performing at, you know, where they're supposed to be. And recently we had a situation where one of our team members wasn't performing where they needed to be. So there were little errors in their work that they shouldn't have been making and it was making life a bit stressful and difficult for us because we had to go in and fix those errors. And my thought was, okay, I need to persuade this person, our team member, to pay more attention to their work and to, you know, try harder, do better. (laughs) And my first response, my first thought was, I need to tell them. I need to say, hey, your work isn't good enough. It's not up to scratch. You need to fix it right now. You need to do better. That was my initial thought of what I needed to do. And then I thought, okay, Christina, that's probably not the best way to go about it. Maybe you should get on a call and just see what they're going, what's going on for them. Listen to them first. So I got on a call and I said to this team member, okay, so here's what I've observed recently. This is what's happened and this is what's happened. And we've noticed that there have been some errors here and there. Can you share with me what's going on for you? And our team member opened up and started to explain, you know, lockdown's been really difficult for me. I've been quite stressed. I've got some family stuff going on. I feel like I'm under a lot of pressure. And then just with this other additional need to perform and do my job well, they said, you know, I'm I'm just really struggling. And I'm not taking care of myself. And they went on to explain that they weren't in the best state, you know, mentally and physically. And listening to all this, I thought, wow, I'm really glad I didn't just dive in and say, do your work better. 
because they clearly had a lot going on. And so hearing that person share those things with me, I was able to then say, all right, so what is going to make this easier for you? What can I do to help and support you to, to do your job better? And together we came up with some ideas as to what we could do. So then that, that included me changing the way that I communicated slightly with them. Um, we changed a couple of the processes to make it easier for them to, to get their work done. And we were able to come to a solution together. And from there, they, their work vastly improved. And so that is an example of what can happen when you really take the time to sit down and listen to someone and understand their perspective. And if this is something you want to learn more about, then I recommend you check out two of my recent podcasts. One of them is called um, Eight Ways to Be a Great Listener. And the other one is Eight Reasons Why People Don't Listen to You. And I will link those up in the show notes. So all of the podcasts I mentioned today, I'll put them in the show notes for you and you can link to that. Um, You can click through to that from the description in your app. Okay, so now I'm going to move on to number two, the second thing you can do to be more persuasive. And this is to watch your language. Now, the language we use plays such a huge role. Now, the first place to start is to be aware of the language that you're currently using. And I've spoken about this before on the podcast, using language like just, you know, I'm just a, which is quite belittling. And I want you to see how this might apply in your day-to-day communication. So for example, do you say things like, I just have a little announcement or I I apologize in advance for only being new here. Or do you say things like, I guess we could, or I suppose other things include what we're trying to do is, or what we want to do is. So let's say you're presenting an idea, you know, pitching a new idea or a, or a, you know, product or something. And you say something like, what we're trying to do here is this. It suggests that you haven't done it yet. It's, so it's not going to be very persuasive if it sounds like you're, you're trying, like you're not there yet. So instead you need to say something like, what we're doing is this. And I encourage people, um, I also run some workshops for um, small business owners who, well, who are starting a business. I've been running a number of workshops around how to introduce yourself with impact. And something that I've noticed a lot of brand new business owners say is when they talk about their business, they talk about it like it's still in development, which it kind of is. But they'll say things like, what I'm trying to do is help, you know, women to improve their, you know, health. And I'll say to them, what do you mean you're trying to do it? Aren't you already doing it? And they'll say, yeah, but I don't have any clients yet. And I'll say, I don't care. The fact is that you need to talk as if it's it's happening right now in present tense. So this is assertive language. This is persuasive language. When you say to someone, I run a business. I have a role doing this. I have a product that does that. The the listener is going to go, oh, okay. They're not going to say, no, you don't. Because how are they going to know? If, you, if this is something you're actually doing, then talk about it like it's already happening. And then people will be more likely to be convinced. If you say, 
what I'm trying to do is this, or I'm kind of doing that, they're going to go, oh, you don't sound like you're even convinced that you're doing it. So how am I supposed to be convinced that you're doing it? So be aware of that language like that. Also language like, um, you know, it's only just an idea at this stage, but again, this weakens your argument. It makes you sound much less persuasive. So be aware of any apologetic language you might be using, saying, using language like just or only and using belittling language and non-assertive phrases. So start to be aware of that. And then you can observe other people who might use assertive language and, and see what they say. And you can, and you can start to shift the language that you use. It takes time and you do need to really practice this. It's not something that might, if it's not something that naturally comes to you, that's okay. But it is something, it's a new habit you're going to have to practice over and over again. Hi, Rockstar. I want to take a quick break to let you know that applications for my group coaching program, Speak Up and Lead, are open for the January 2021 program. This is for ambitious professionals who want to dramatically increase their influence, impact and confidence at work. Over 10 weeks, you'll learn how to persuade and influence when speaking. You'll learn how to articulate yourself and your ideas clearly, effectively communicate your value and overcome your nerves, anxiety, and negative self-talk. The training is conducted online, so it can be done from anywhere. I am taking applications throughout September before I go on maternity leave in October, and that's for the next program that starts in January 2021. Go to thecmethod.com slash group coaching to apply. That's thecmethod.com slash group coaching. We'll set up a no obligation discovery call and we'll explore if the program is a good fit for you. Okay, let's get back to the show. All right, back to our persuasive communication. And the third big idea I'm sharing with you today is that energy is contagious. Now, I don't know about you, but my exercise regime during lockdown has severely dwindled. I used to be very structured and consistent with my exercise. I might, I could also blame it on being pregnant. So, you know, I've got lots of excuses, <laughs> but the fact is during lockdown, I haven't been exercising a whole lot, except for every Sunday morning when I do a group fitness, it's like a kickboxing class from a company called Group Exercise therapy, group exercise therapy. And Dave is the lead trainer who runs it. And he is one of the most energetic, excited people I've ever met. He will get on this call and he will be at 110% energy. And he'll be like, all right, gang, who's ready for Sunday morning annihilation session? Let's get the, you know, let's get your energy up. And, you know, it's 8.30 on a Sunday. So we're all kind of like, you know, in our lounge rooms, I'm, I'm still sort of half in my pajamas, <laughs> a bit bleary eyed. I'm trying to have a bit of coffee while I'm doing, you know, while I'm warming up and I'm getting up to a baby 70% energy, you know, but he's there going like, yeah, 110% energy. And he is the perfect example of someone who is leading a group of people and getting them excited and getting them up to a high level of energy, but he has to be even higher. So I want you to think about Let's say 
if you were at a class, a group exercise class, and the trainer was at 80% energy going, okay, everyone, here we go. I want you to move your arm like this and do some lunges now. And okay, drop to the floor and do some push-ups. If they were at 80% energy, what level of energy do you think you would be? I'd say probably 40 or 50. There is no way that you're going to be at the same level or higher energy than the trainer because the trainer sets the scene. So for a trainer in a group exercise setting, for them to get their participants up to, you know, 80% energy, the trainer themselves has to be at like 110. And I found it to be the same if you're looking to persuade and influence a group of people when public speaking. And when I say public speaking, I mean, you could be speaking to a large group. It could be a a small team meeting. It could even be, you know, a one-on-one conversation. But if you want to, if you want people to buy into your idea, you need to be excited and passionate about that idea. Otherwise, how are you going to expect other people to get just as excited and enthused about that idea? Now, when I say energy, I'm not, I don't mean that you have to be like over the top and like rah, rah. There's different types of energy. Some people are naturally, their their type of energy is that they may, you know, maybe their voice, their voice um, increases in volume. Maybe they smile a lot. Maybe their eyes light up and that's, that's their energy. For other people, they might be a bit more subdued and that's totally fine, but you can still bring passion and energy in the way that you do it. So I encourage you to, if, if you're sharing an idea, you need to be, you need to hundred percent believe in it and be excited about it. If you want other people to get up to not even up to your level, but just to get up to a, a, a high-ish level of excitement and energy, uh, excitement and enthusiasm for that idea as well. Okay, Rockstar, and we're up to the final big idea for you, and this is to act like a persuasive person. I want you to, if you can, close your eyes for a moment and imagine yourself being the most persuasive, influential person you could possibly be. Picture yourself on a stage or in a meeting or on a video call or whatever that is and picture yourself being a super influential, persuasive person. And I want you to think about what do you look like? How are you holding yourself? How are you speaking? How are you addressing the other people in the room? And if you can, you might like to write this down. And the point of this exercise is to, if you can visualize that that person that you want to be, you can start acting like that person right now. So if you want to be persuasive and influential, you need to start acting like that right now. So this is this is around identity, this topic, and it is huge. And it's something I work on with most of my coaching clients. I run workshops on it in the academy. We've done masterclasses on it. It's absolutely massive that where if you want to change, if you want to achieve success in any area, you have to start acting like you are already there. So for example, let's say you wanted to lose weight and get really fit and healthy. 
but you say to yourself, oh, I'm going to wait until I'm already already fit and healthy before I start cleaning up my diet and exercising every day. That just doesn't work, right? You, if someone said that to you, you'd be like, no, you have to start cleaning up your diet and exercising to then become fit and healthy. Like that's just how it works, right? It doesn't, you, you can't, you can't wait to be that person before you start acting like that person. So it's exactly the same. You can't wait until you have influence over people before you start acting like an influential person. You have to act like that influential person right now. So this is where you need to start to observe, all right, how are you showing up? What are you saying to people? How are you speaking? I know a lot of this podcast is to do with, you know, self-observation, but it's that's what that's what you need to do. You need to figure out where are you right now and where do you want to be. I suggest that you check out the podcast I did. It was episode 273 with Dr. Louise Marla, and we she we explored a, a lot about body language and how you can build more trust and influence and rapport with people through how you hold yourself. So check that out. Also, episode number 121, which is how to have presence in a room. So this, again, is related to your nonverbal communication and what that communicates and how it can lead to you having more of that presence simply by changing the way you hold yourself physically. So don't wait until you already are influential in order to hold your head high, sit up straight, use powerful gestures and make strong eye contact and all of those things that can lead to you um, building rapport and trust and being more persuasive. So those are my four big ideas for you to quickly recap. First is to be a great listener. Second is to watch your language. Third is that energy is contagious. And four is to act like a persuasive person. So I encourage you to implement one of those things or think about, you know, which one of these would you most like to start to develop and put one thing into action. Now, if you want to build up your persuasive communication skills and you want to be more influential in the way that you speak, then I invite you to join my small group coaching program. It's called Speak Up and Lead. And the next program starts in January next year. Make sure you go to thecmethod.com slash group coaching to apply for that. Oh, and finally, if you enjoyed this episode, then I would really appreciate it if you could share this with a friend or a colleague, if you think they would also find it valuable. It's a great way to get the podcast out to more people. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today, Rockstar. Keep on being awesome and I'll talk to you next week. I'm Christina Canters and this has been Stand Out, Get Noticed. <laughs>